0: The owner was sure that there was something there, they, like it was almost like you need to drill this to the point that I said, you know what, I'm out. And I had to say in front of the patient, I'm sorry, I have to go. I, I have a I have something else and I can't treat you today. And I left.
1: Welcome to The Dental Marketer. This is your go to podcast for diving deep into the world of business, marketing, self-development and dentistry. From startup secrets to real talk with the pros, we've got it all. So whether you're just starting out or you're deep in years in running your own practice, join us for a mix of success stories, a few learning curves, and loads of insights from the brightest in the industry. We'll chat, learn, and grow together one episode at a time. Now in this episode, we have the privilege to speak with a wonderful, wonderful practice owner and doctor and person. Now, how does a dedicated dentist navigate her way to owning her own practice while facing an array of personal and professional challenges? Well, this episode provides a close look at the journey of Dr. Ana Santana Guerrero. She's a fiercely resilient dentist who left her home country, dealt with educational and re and braved high stake exams. She almost gave up. Hear the story and how she came here and how she just decided to, you know what, I'm just going to kind of like tell herself that she gave up. But in reality, she did it. So listen to that. And she grappled with intense competition and she still managed to realize her dream of owning her own practice. So we're going to dissect Anna's transition from an associate to an owner in depth. And what you're going to learn in this episode is number one, how to balance bills, staff salaries, and personal compensation in the early stages of the practice. Two, importance of goal setting for personal and professional growth. Three, effective strategies for creating a patient-centric experience. Four, the power of word of mouth and real world interactions and in marketing. We're going to dive pretty deep into that in the marketing strategies and discuss how humanizing her approach and prioritizing personalized communication uh, played a key role in patient retention. So listen to that, especially if you're you're having a hard time retaining patients. This is a really, really important part of the episode. And then we're also going to discuss how to navigate ethical dilemmas in the industry and insights on dealing with companies in the industry as well. So learn the ropes is Dr. Anna Santana Guerrero shares her experience on various aspects of managing her practice, from selecting an optimal location to staff management and so much more. So without further delay, here is Dr. Guerrero. We all know that growing a successful dental practice involves much more than just top-notch dental services. Effective marketing and awesome patient care are also key. This is where Oryx makes a significant difference. Oryx state-of-the-art marketing tools are designed to help your practice shine in the competitive dental landscape. With Oryx, you can automate patient communication, send personalized messages, and run targeted marketing campaigns. Picture this. Your patients receive appointment reminders anniversary greetings, and information about your services tailored specifically to them. This level of personalized communication not only fosters patient loyalty, but also boosts referrals and attracts new patients. On the Patient Care Fund, Oryx takes your practice to the next level with its robust, clinically-oriented module, which is backed by the acclaimed Koi Center. This integration of cutting edge dental knowledge and practices means that your team is always at the forefront of dentistry, providing exceptional care for your patients. But it's not just about superior clinical care. Oryx is all about enhancing the patient experience as a whole by streamlining the appointment scheduling process and reducing wait times. Oryx ensures a smoother, more enjoyable patient journey. Plus, With the user-friendly patient portal, patients can conveniently schedule appointments, review their treatment history, and communicate with your team, further enhancing their satisfaction. Now, the moment you've been waiting for, what I want to tell you is as a listener of our podcast, you're invited to schedule a free customized demo. And if you feel like Oryx is the perfect fit for you, then they are giving it for free. If you are a startup, 100%, if you are a startup, then Oryx won't charge you a penny until you've reached 200 active patients. So that means it's 100% free until they know you're succeeding, until you've reached 200 active patients. So click the first link in the show notes below for more information and schedule a free personalized demo and see how Oryx will work for you. Anna, how's it going? Well, thank you. Thank you for having me, Michael. No, thank you for coming on. If you can let our listeners know, where are you located? I'm in Toronto, Canada, North Pole. <laughs> North Pole. So then tell us a little bit about your past, your present. How did you get to where you are today?
0: So I'm originally from Venezuela, and I actually graduated from dental school back then in 2005 from the Central University of Venezuela. And then I moved to Canada with my now, with my husband since then. And I got through all these uh, crazy equivalency programs and uh, exams and all that and got my license back in 2012. And I started working right away as an associate here Mm -hmm. in Canada. And by in 2018, like, you know how you put your goals the end of the year for the next year? I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be an owner by March. I have my clinic. And I started working there and it's been now five, six years now. It's coming, the anniversary, and it's been great. Okay. So then rewind
1: a little bit. You did the equivalency program. What Specifically, what, what was that? How did yeah. you go through that?
0: So in Canada, there are two systems, yeah? Either you have to go through a dental school equivalency program for two years, or you can write a bunch of tests, including a practical exam. So when I came to Canada years ago, it was only the route to go through the university programs. It's not only expensive, but it was very hard to get in. Back then, I didn't know how it worked. So you had to write a like a board exam, exactly the same as your board exam, the your NDB2, I think it's called yours, mm-hmm. the part two, exactly the same. And then you had to have a really high mark. Back then I got an 86. I got invited for interviews. But my, the competition was so high. People mm-hmm. were taking these tests often and they were getting 95, 96, 97 on that test. So, of course, anybody, they only had like 10 spots per school. Anybody who got more than 90 will get into the school. So I was very naive and like, I can do this. And like, it was very, very hard. Then I kind of gave up. I actually went to hygiene school at the University of Dalhousie in Nova Scotia because I said, this is not going to happen. I'm not going to be competing with all these people. It's too much. I want to have a life. I want to have a family. And when I was in the second year of hygiene school, Canada decided to have this, to run this other program to do exams. And see the difference if people were really qualified to to be a dentist here that's when I actually went in through the first batch and i and I got all my tests done, and I got my license right away.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: so it was like destiny because I really I had given up at that time,
1: yeah, and you you felt like you gave up because it was too much like you know what I mean going and doing the work all over again or or how
0: yeah, not only that, but uh. Like when you you're called for an interview and you see that like I got an 86 and I I kind of speak good English but then you see other people that are coming in and they are in their 60s and they have two extra degrees or a doctorate degree I'm like what am I competing with I like really it's gonna be hard to get into these ten spots in this school so. Some people were lucky, some people that I know and and I respect that they went through. Also, it's another $200,000 for a new immigrant. Mm-hmm. So, like, all of these things, like, they start adding up that I said, is it really worth it for me at that time? I went through hygiene school. I'm like, this is for a dentist to be a hygienist is, like, great. I mean, their, their salary is great, much more now. You yeah. know that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you kind of talked yourself out of it a little bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm, okay. so it was really destiny that when they changed the, the program and they said, you can do this test, like even the, the teachers at the house, they told me, mate, I think you, you're good. Like you, we can see how you treat patients. Like, you can do this. And then, of course, I went in and it happened.
1: Perfect. OK, so then after that, you were able to practice and you said you worked immediately as an associate. Yes. How, yeah. how many years did you do that for?
0: 2013, uh, I think five years I, I was an associate. Yeah, five okay. years.
1: Okay. So then working as an associate, what were some things that you were like, this is amazing. I love this. I'm going to take this system eventually and um, and put it in my practice. And then what were some things where you're like, I hate this. This is the worst thing you could ever be doing.
0: Yeah, certainly. Like, especially on those big associate offices that are corps, I hated how they will only use one brand. Of, uh, like, let's say they use, and it's not, nothing wrong with the brand. It's just that you want, you know, something is better. And let's say they have a contract with 3M and everything had to be 3M. Well, but can we get this other instrument or this other composite just for this procedure? No, no, no. We have the contract with 3M. 3M is coming every few months and they supply everything. That I hate it. That's 100%. I don't know why they do that. And they do that even with gloves. So, whatever, as an associate, like, I was very picky. Like, I want my gloves to fit perfectly. I'm like, no, you have to use this or something. Okay. But for things that I love, like these people, they know how to run their numbers. They, especially corp offices or people that are, that have more than one office, they know how to check how they like the ROI. So there are many things that I feel like you learn by being an associate. If you go right away to ownership, unless... It's a family business and you learn from your parents and great. But if mm-hmm. you go right away uh, into ownership, you're missing out a great deal of information because they don't teach that in dental school. They don't teach uh, human resources. They don't teach law. They don't teach uh, uh, how to communicate well with patients, uh, fees, like even the codes. Like uh, I learned all that when I was uh, practicing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There's Interesting. all these insurance codes. Yeah. So
1: then, throughout the time when you were learning, was there ever when was the moment? I guess I know when you were like, "Oh, I want to do my own practice." Was it during an associate, or did you think that before? No, no,
0: during an associateship it was, it was for it, it was an unfortunate event of that where where a patient who I felt that didn't need a filling, the owner felt that the patient did need a filling. So it was like a little bit of an argument where, well, I don't see it. I don't see it in the x-ray. I don't see it with a light. I don't see it anywhere. I touch it. There is nothing there. The owner was sure that there was something there. And they, they, like it was almost like, you need to drill this to the point that I said, you know what? I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. And I had to say in front of the patient, I'm sorry, I have to go. I, I have a... I have something else and I can't treat you today. And I, and I left, like I said. Oh, you quit on the spot? Like, yeah, yeah. I, oh, wow. I couldn't because I'm like, there is no way. And, and it was like a 15 year old girl. I'm like, oh my goodness, I can't do this. I don't know if you were wherever an associate where they will, the owner will come in and check the x-rays and say, hey, this DOB or this DOM, it should have been a, a crown. I can still go for a, for a composite for a little longer. I'm not saying a crown is no good, but. <laughs> but the composite will work. In my hands, mm-hmm. the composite will work. <laughs>
1: but yeah,
0: that day I said no more because I cannot be pushed around like a...
1: Yeah. Wow. Interesting. So you quit on the spot and then how long after, I guess, did you...
0: So for a few months, I had to go as a, you know, like an call dentist <laughs> because I didn't have a, anywhere to work and i'm gonna be more of homes I, I was like being on call and i did that for a few months until we found the place we bought it I, everything was organized and then we started uh, i started all over and people that like me they, they they found me even from that old clinic where i was working they they actually found my number somehow and they they came to me
1: wow yeah. okay interesting so let's dive into that a little bit what Currently, what type of practice do you have? Is it a general practice? Is it specialized? Is it pediatrics? or
0: No, exactly. A general practice is, I call it boutique because it's so tiny. It's four ops Mm -hmm. at street level. So a lot of people in the neighborhood, they just pop in sometimes to if they have an emergency or if they just want to meet us. And, And I'm by myself. I have an associate that does all the surgeries. I hate surgery. So all the blood I see is really from... If I had to do some scaling or otherwise, yeah. not with me. I'm like, no, no, that's me. Mm-hmm. Okay. And mm-hmm. um, I have uh, two hygiene days per week. Nowadays, you know how the things are going with the hygienist. Sometimes, even uh, if I have to do some hygiene, I'm okay with that. I call it a VIP service to the patients because they love it when I do the hygiene. It's so fast compared to what the, yeah. the hygienist is. Nice. Uses I like time, that. So, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Okay. So then, how did you find your location? Because I know you said right after you looked for a location, yeah. was it easy? No, no.
0: Yeah, it is tough. In, in Toronto, it, it is very tough, especially I didn't want to start from scratch. And I wanted something on the subway line. I mm-hmm. knew the type of patients that I will see will, will be coming in the subway. So it was like mandatory. And I had like three people looking for the office. And it was hard for them. Like every time we'll go in, it was either something so old with those demolition clauses that you're very hard to get a a credit, a mortgage for that because really the bank doesn't want to loan money if there is a demolition clause in it. And then other options were too far or very high in a building that nobody will see it. So it it was hard to to find the right place. And, And this became available. And I think I... I was the first one to go in, and the same day I put an offer, and it was accepted. And thank God, everything worked well.
1: Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, did you have a realtor with you, or anything, or you just were driving yeah, by and you no, saw no, no. it? I
0: had. I had. I had somebody working with me. Yeah.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. Was it a company, or do you know the name? Or
0: I'll have to get back to you about the name. It is a company. Yeah. They, okay. they do that. They. Do, they. And they also do like evaluations and. And the guy was very, very good with that because he will come in and check, like, let, like the, you know, the due diligence. You have to come in and check all mm-hmm. your patient list, uh, that all the instruments are there. That And there were some few things missing. Actually, even the nitrous oxide was missing. Really? And I mean, that's money. I, mean, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't care, but this is something I need. And they had to bring it back before the closure date. So we wow. so so he did to he, do your due diligence and check that everything is there.
1: Yeah, he did. What else? What, what were other things that you felt like, oh, if it wasn't for the due diligence, we would have missed this?
0: Oh, yeah. hundred percent. So it was that uh, there were some things like transfer of names that you have to do and you have to get all the paperwork signed and passwords. Let's say even Facebook. You have a Facebook. Yeah. If they don't give you the password, they sorry, they're going to screw you over because they can manipulate that and put their phone number and their other location. Like there, there's people that can do bad things to you if you don't pay attention. So, yeah. Now, this guy was very into it and he gave me a list of things that I had to find. And even to the last minute, there were a few other things that we had to find. And there, the last owner actually didn't pay all the bills. You know how the, the, Lawyer collects a little bit of extra money just in case. (laughs) So I think it was either the telephone or the internet that they didn't pay for the last three months. Wow! All of a sudden I got a bill with an interest rate for like $800. I don't even remember exactly, but I was so upset. Like, how come they didn't pay for this? They just canceled the credit card. They knew they were going to sell and that bill still runs.
1: Yeah, they just wanted to hurry up and get it over with, like, you know what I mean? And, and leave you with the issues or the problems or the debt. And yeah. Everything.
0: Interesting. Yeah, so all those things, you have to call even like Patterson, Harry Shine. You have to call them and tell them, hey, I'm the only new owner. Is there any credit issues with this company name? Especially if you're buying the, the whole thing. You want to mm-hmm. make sure of that because, uh, yeah, you don't want Harry Shine telling yes. you later, hey, do you know what? You didn't pay for that scanner. You still owe it.
1: Yeah. And now it's on you. Now it's on you. Now
0: it's on you. Yeah.
1: yeah. Interesting. Okay. And so now th- did you go with a specific bank for your loan? Well,
0: at that time, I think uh, because it, it was easier for me to communicate with my personal banker. Mm-hmm. So he put me in contact with a business specialist and it, it it was very easy after that.
1: Oh, okay. So you took out a loan?
0: Yeah, we, did. we oh, did. Okay.
1: Could I ask how much was it for?
0: I think it was about 500 or so.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay. And it's
0: almost paid in full. So we're
1: okay. Nice. Nice. Okay. So you took out a loan, you found the location. And now from that point on, when it comes to your I guess you've been up and running for six years, you said?
0: Yeah, six years. Yeah. Six
1: years. What point did you start breaking even or did you immediately start breaking even since you acquired?
0: No, the first year I remember my first salary was like I think like $2,000 or so. And my husband was like, what are you doing? It doesn't make sense. You're working so crazy, too many hours and you're not even paying yourself. That's not good. No, but I think after just the year, at least we started having a regular salary and and, and then you start seeing the numbers go up. But the first Mm -hmm. few months are terrible. Like if you don't have a good credit line and you have a, a... like a, your house mortgage or your school to pay for the kids, is it is hard on somebody. So keep your associateship as long as possible, if needed,
1: mm-hmm. because
0: um, it's tough. So I remember I told you I was being on call those mm-hmm. those days. So I, I still was on call. And I, I told everybody that where I was on call, like, hey, I bought a practice and it's starting to run. Are you OK that I'm coming in but they needed me, so I I went in, and uh, at least I got a few extra bucks every now and
1: then. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That, so that still kind of fed you a little bit. You know what I mean throughout yeah. the process. Interesting. So I guess talk to me about that when you acquired. You kept the same employees and everything like that, or no,
0: no. I knew I like there it. was a there was a problem with that office because the person who was running it, she had issues with her with the licensing board. Okay. So I said. I don't know what it is. She has to deal with that. So one of the conditions was like, I'm starting over. Whatever patients stay in, we pay for them. And if not, just take whatever. I just wanted the location. I didn't have the time to start from scratch. And there was no way to find that right location at a street level in Tron. This is all I needed. So I said, no staff, no. But I know if it was another time, when we were looking for other type of offices, there were some that I said like, it will be worth it to keep them.
1: Yeah. yeah, interesting. So did you have to let that staff go? or No, no they, they did.
0: Yeah, that was uh, in the agreement of purchase. You can say, I want to take over in 30 days. I need the owner to stay for a year. And I said, I don't want the owner to stay for any longer. <laughs> I don't want the <laughs> staff to stay for any. I'm re- rebranding everything. I just kept the name because it's a cool name, but everything else, is said, no, no, no.
1: Why didn't you want the staff To stay, did you feel like when you did you ever meet them? That
0: that owner had another office.
1: Uh And
0: being an associate, I learned from the inside that Uh when you have an owner that has few offices and one of those offices is being sold, that staff still has priority to that other owner. So let's Uh say somebody calls in, they're not supposed to say that the office was sold and that the owner is only in. California now. But I learned being an associate, they do that. And they actually pay the coordinators, the staff to tell them where to go.
1: Interesting. But are
0: buying buying charts, but those charts eventually will live. Yeah. So you have to be very, very careful who you buy from, especially if they have other offices nearby. If the office is far away, the other office is far away, I want, it's okay. The risk is yours and it's Okay. But if that office is close by, won't you think mm-hmm. that the patients will just travel a little farther to see that?
1: Yeah. How, can I ask how close was the other
0: office your office? I think it was the like 10k or so, not far.
1: 15 miles, 20, right? Yeah. 10K? Okay. it's so, Something
0: like that. Yeah. Minutes like is like, like 20, 20 minutes drive. 20 minutes uh, drive. You can do it. Anybody, if you want, you can do it.
1: Smart, smart. Anna. You're smart. Okay. Yeah. And I would have never thought about that. I would have just been like, you know, what there's. This person well, seems bubbly. I'm going to keep them, you know, kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And especially because you feel like the relationship with the patients is there already. Mm-hmm. And it, it was hard at the beginning to have the patients trust the new stuff. It was hard. And they will be like, oh, but this other girl, she knew how to deal with my insurance. She knew she had to do this. She knew whatever. And I'm like, okay, well, we're, we're in the process. We're learning. Let us know. What we should be doing, give us feedback and we want to try to help you. Yeah, so we always yeah. put it in a way like, yeah, you're right. Let's do that for the next time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Instead of uh, bumping heads all the time. Yeah. So then talk to me about the first year then when you were taken over and you felt like, oh my gosh, am I ever going to get paid? Or like, was it yeah. just like a slow growing process or was it dipping and then going and then dipping and then?
0: No, I think right away it went up. It went up. <laughs> it, it's it's just hard, as I said, that, you know, you have to pay bills. You have to pay staff. That's mm-hmm. more important than anything. And yourself, you're working anyways, and your salary is like almost to zero compared to what you were making as an associate. So before you had a 40%, now you have like 2%. 5%. Yeah,
1: it's a... It's it tough. starts
0: going. It's, before this year, you're going to be okay. Before this year, you're going to be okay. But I, I, you have to tell people like, hey, this is a reality. Mm-hmm. Unless you bought from the the place where you were an associate, that would be the coolest, the smartest.
1: Yeah. Taking because you already from know there.
0: everybody, you you keep your same salary because you're going to keep working the same way.
1: Yeah, no, that's good. So then the employees that you found, once you let everybody go and you started clean, how did you find the your new employees? What was the interview process like?
0: Yeah, well, at that time, I went through, did you know MGE? In, MGE, yes. In Florida. So I went through the steps with them. I didn't do the full program, but I went through the steps with them and their hiring analytics is really, really like certain. Like they will tell you, hey, bring a lot of people, like almost like a pool of people at the same time. You talk mm-hmm. to them and then you kind of start the interview and then bring them back for a working interview to the ones you want to see. And, and we, I run the same process that they told me to do and it worked out very well. Like people did show up, for the interviews. At that time, 2018, I think after COVID, things are so bad. I hear people that are not even showing up for interviews. I don't mm-hmm. need anybody right now, but I I hear those things like, why are you even posting that you need a job if you're not showing for the interview?
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, that happens. They can pick and choose now. So you went with MGE, helped you out, you said?
0: Yeah. So I did the first steps with them. It's called ABCs and something else. I don't remember. Back then. Yeah, I wanted like a base for HR managing corporation because now you have your own little store. Mm -hmm. Like I needed to know that basic and I didn't find any other sources that were fast and effective and not as expensive. So that was a really good option. I know Mm -hmm. a lot of people have different feelings about them, but with me, it, it worked great. I haven't done their full program though, but for that part of the... Of my career, it it was perfect. It was nice. Perfect.
1: Okay, no, that's wonderful. How much? If you don't mind me asking, because you said it was more affordable, how much was it?
0: At that time, I think I paid like fifty thousand dollars for a whole year of programming, mm. and I had to travel back and forth to there in Florida, they are in Saint Pete. But it 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 was amazing experience, like how to deal with all the HR. And then they also tell you like how to deal with patients and complications and whatnot. But I wanted more about the HR. So
1: it was worth it. Gotcha, gotcha. And so then right now, speaking of that system, the HR, what systems would you say are really unique in your practice that you're proud of? You're like, this is our system. Or that to you works really well and effectively. It could be like the new patient system, like how you introduce new patients or the handoffs.
0: I'll tell you something. As I told you, it's like a boutique clinic. Mm -hmm. So everything is personalized. My patients come in, it's a one hour appointment for a new patient and I'm with them most of the time. Sometimes (laughs) I even scan myself. I explain to them exactly what the emergency, like urgent, this is to do yesterday. And then these are things which will be running down the line. So I kind of cater for patients that if they have problems with their insurance or if they have problems with their money wise. Then we try to say, okay, this is something that has to be done right away. I'm not going to be pushy sales uh, trying to tell you this is the whole deal. We have to do everything now and you have to make up $20,000. No, we go little by little and it works out well. People do love that, that I have the time for that. Now, something weird about myself is that I tend to be somewhat of a social worker, Mm-hmm. And I don't know why that's on me. And maybe a psychologist, I, I have no clue. My assistant and my, my clinic coordinator, they know that. Mm-hmm. So patients, they love that they have time to talk to me, that I'm not running, I'm not numb, drill out. I'm talking for 10 minutes, life, balance, what's going on? Where are your problems? Where are you going to travel? How is your son? How is your mom? I talk to people. I love it. I write my notes. When they come back, I ask again, how is your mom doing from that surgery? How is your sister from that cancer treatment? They like that. So people come to us because they feel like not only they are getting the treatment, but also they have a place where they can talk. My staff, though, they don't like it when I run behind from talking, not from procedures. Yeah. yeah. I like it. So I'm okay with that.
1: Yeah, it's good. It shows, um, it shows you care. You know what I mean? Because you're really yeah. like, you're taking the time to not only talk to them, listen, but write down like what you've talked about, right, with yeah. them and then bringing it up again. That takes, that takes and mental energy. You know what I mean? Yeah, a lot does. of thinking ability. Yeah, so. and,
0: and uh, we have, of course, we have a lot of patients that speak Spanish from my background, mm-hmm. and sometimes they have trouble getting into society for, uh, for whatever. One of them is going to have a, a, a grandson, and they're newcomers. They don't know where to buy everything. Like, hey, let me make you a list. Here's where you're going to buy stuff cheaper.
1: Mm-hmm. Use
0: clothes, whatever. Let me write it down for you. So that's not something they get anywhere. Like you go to a doctor here and it's a 15 minute appointment. You have one thing to say. I have a earache. You cannot say that you have a an earache and a headache at the same time. So when they come to me and they have all this and they were like, okay, it's worth it. So usually people don't complain about money. Uh, it's not like a we overcharge, but they don't complain because they know they're being treated for the whole.
1: Gotcha. Okay. I like that. I like that a lot. So then throughout this time, I guess, what are you doing for marketing and advertising?
0: So marketing, we do that. Of course, Google. Google is, I feel like everybody's, you have to spend money there. Otherwise you don't show up. Mm-hmm. Google reviews are amazing. Uh, paper clicks and ads. And then every now and then we run this advertisement through social media like Facebook and Instagram or Invisalign mostly. And it works. And depending on the ad, how much we're going to be giving away, like discount, then we get a lot of patients that come in. Some of them actually don't even know what this line. They just come in because they have a free consultation. Then just start finding other things and they stay if they like the office. And some are price shoppers that they come in because they found a deal and they want to see if you can beat the other down the street. And that's the part that you don't like the most. But you know what? I'm a price shopper myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I understand. And I tell them right away, you know what? If you got that deal, I'm not going to be able to match it. Just go, go and get it. Get it now before it's gone.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Okay, so then can you break down to us uh, real quick that that social media Invisalign ad? Like, how do you plan it? How should we budget it? And then what do you what's on the ad?
0: Yeah. So we were running company with video ads and the video ads are amazing especially if I like in my case if I speak Spanish to them Mm -hmm. in the video ads and it's targeted to people that speak Spanish then right away we start getting calls not necessarily for Invisalign but for people looking for a dentist that speak the language so you're showing up as somebody that knows some technology and that you're a dentist as well and for English speakers mostly the ones that are nearby then they will come in for ads for Facebook and Instagram, if we are running like a big special, like an Invisalign day or so, we will be spending more than $1,000 per month just in ads. And then you need to pay the the agency who is doing all the um, templates or run, making the video editing. Mm-hmm. So I have spent about probably maybe $2,000, $2,500 per month for only those ads, but then mm-hmm. you get at least 10 patients per ad. Oh, okay. Okay, it's interesting. Is worth, it is yeah. worth it. So then... But y- you have to make it up for that special Invisalign day or so, so that it, it makes sense. Because if you're running these campaigns like all the time and you don't have that same special every single day, then it's hard.
1: What's the special that you guys run for Invisalign?
0: So we were running, like, for example, for Black Friday, we were running, uh, I think it was $1,500 off with free whitening, free... Free retainers, like uh, invisible retainers, free water flosser, and mm. there's something else. Uh, and we gave a, a special giveaway gift at the end of So we had like a, um, a wheel, mm-hmm. a fortune. So we had prizes. So everybody that signed up got a prize that day.
1: Mm. What was like some of the prizes on there?
0: Uh, so the prizes were like an air fryer, full of earbuds, um like things that are that you know you're going to use at home.
1: Yeah. Wow. Okay. Not necessarily
0: dental related.
1: Yeah. I, I even want to sign up for that. That's really yeah. good. I like I, it. I like it a those lot. Those are
0: like days that we have fun. We sign up at least six to, to 10 people every time we have. We do it twice or three times a year. It works. But you're spending a lot of in, in marketing. So sometimes it's like hard to tell which ones are actually going to sign up and which ones are not. Because a lot of people call, and then all of a sudden, you only have, let's say, ten people that come in, and from those ten, six sign up. Mm-hmm.
1: But you do see the ROI, right? Like you think it's oh. okay. Wonderful. So then, when it comes to the the videos that you say you make, are you mentioning like, "Hey guys, we're doing this and that," or is it like more graphics that you're showing? No, no, how- no.
0: We I talk like I I'll go in we like I have a mic, the light. I talk to them. I. And then somebody will edit the video and then it runs. We learned the technique. My my staff are good with like uh, technology as well. Mm-hmm. So we're going to try this year to see if we can save a little bit of money and doing the editing ourselves. I know they have a great platform to create the ads, but let's see if we can run some ads, not specifically for Invisalign Day, but for other things uh, by ourselves. Let's see. I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah I do yeah. know if it works. <laughs>
1: no, that'd be good. That'd be good to test it out. Yeah, and if it does work, then I mean, amazing, right? Like you, you yeah. save, and then you, you can just
0: pay for ads, and
1: yeah, and your staff can continue to upgrade and learn and learn and learn, right? Regardless, I think you should still do that, no matter what, right? Like eventually, your staff will learn, no matter what, and and from this trial run, know what to do and things like that. So, but you
0: know what? In my case, anyways, worth of mouse is is being our most important. It will bring a family. It -hmm. will bring a couple. And that couple will bring their parents. That's, for me, the most important. If my patients are satisfied, I know at some point they're going to tell somebody else. And the person will tell somebody else. Because I know even with marketing, you get one. So -hmm. you're paying a lot of money for one person. And then that person might bring some others. But that wasn't the marketing, really. Mm -hmm. That was the experience they got.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Referrals would be the the absolute best. Nice. Mm -hmm. Nice. So... And what's been the best companies you've worked with so far and some of the worst or ones that just didn't work with you?
0: Well, I'll say the best will be Align, their yeah. customer service. You, are you doing this line yourself?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, their customer service is really superb compared to any lab or any, anything else. Like you're online two minutes later, even less, they're already working on your problem and they're solving it. My wrap is amazing. She's in contact with me almost weekly. We've grown quite a bit with the line. so and I like it. I enjoy it, and patients are very satisfied with the yeah. with the system price wise it's <laughs> also you're paying for for that service
1: mm-hmm. so it's mm-hmm. a good
0: service and you're paying for it. I haven't tried another one, so I don't, I cannot compare, but I know for me it works. So that's a great company. Hands down, like this is the best for me. And for a bad company, (laughs) there have been a few, unfortunately, like um, people that tell you that they're going to come in and give you a deal and then it doesn't work out. We bought a scanner prior to to the iTero. Uh And it wasn't like when they came in and I, it was a 3M scanner. And when they came in, they brought it in, it was so cool. Everything was perfect. The demo was perfect. Everything was cool. And then when we started using it, this is not what we thought it was like, Uh and it's not really the 3M wraps, it was the product. The product wasn't what they were claiming to be.
1: What was different about it?
0: It was no, it took forever. The cleaning of the wand was you had to put the wand on a liquid which I didn't like. You had to wait like fifteen minutes. Like the whole thing wasn't the the experience wasn't good. We had to <laughs> to give it out because it's like this is not, not something so for scanners, look do your homework and check which one really is worth the price. I know there are a lot out there that <laughs> that are great. They are all expensive though. Yeah. Right now which one are you using? I'm using Itero.
1: Itero. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha.
0: All right. Yeah, no, that's
1: good to know. Good to know. So really look into that. And then throughout this process, I guess, think about know, from the moment you decided to mm-hmm. quit from today. Yep. What's been some of your biggest struggles or fails or pitfalls?
0: Well, a pitfall, like a mad thing that I did. I decided that I wanted to be an implantologist. Like I'm going to put all the implants on everybody because it's so cool. Before I came to Canada, I used to work for an old surgeon in Venezuela and he was trained by Noble. Like he was one of the pioneers for Noble <laughs> Biocare and he worked with Brown and Mark, and he's in the books and everything. So I knew a lot about implants. So when I came in, I'm like, yeah, let me just get all certified. I'm going to do all this. I went to Mexico. I did all my training. I came back and I started placing them, but I didn't feel it. Like Mm -hmm. it wasn't within me, the planning, the pull-ups, like I didn't like it. I didn't like it. So it was a lot of money waste. I know the technique. I know everything. I can troubleshoot an implant, but I don't like it. So it was like a waste of money for me, time, because Mm -hmm. I had to travel a lot for all these trainings and then something that I didn't enjoy doing. So it's like... Why did I even go for that?
1: Why why didn't you like it? What, what what if it were you when did you decide to yourself like this is not what I want to do? Yeah. What was happening?
0: It it wasn't so much like troubles with patients or anything. It was just like boring. Mm-hmm. You don't see the result of the implant dissatisfaction for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure oral surgeon will be like, yeah, that's a beauty. They see the x-ray I say, yeah, that's so beautiful. I don't yeah. see it. I don't see it. I don't <laughs> care either. I don't care if it's beautiful Like compared to doing an eye filling, doing a root canal or doing a, an Invisalign where you see the results like almost immediately, like the patient was in pain when he came in. Now he's out of pain. With implants, I didn't see it. And I feel like that's part of me that. I didn't enjoy although also I don't like blood as I told you Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. unless you're using a a system and you know then Mm -hmm, you don't have as much blood but otherwise you're doing a flap you have to control all that so I think also the nuisance of the actual implant surgery I didn't like Mm -hmm. and suturing suturing is bad I hate suturing you've put the implant in three minutes and then you're like 15 minutes doing the perfect suture.
1: Yeah, interesting. Okay. So then I you... even
0: took a course for suturing just so that I could get better. Uh-huh. I got all these astral holders and all those things. And then I'm like, no, 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 I don't like it.
1: Yeah. But you can, like, if, if you said you had to troubleshoot it, you can do it. You can yeah, make an implant. Exactly. Happen. No, my
0: patients, they, my associate, he does them. And if ever there is a problem, I go in, I check. And of course, the prosto part of the implants, I do it. But the actual surgery part, I don't, I just don't care. Yeah. Which is bad because it's a lot of revenue lost.
1: But that's a lot of respect, Anna, because I feel like a lot of the times we may think, okay, I've already traveled this much. I've spent this much. I have to like it. And you kind of force yourself, right? To like, we're going to like it. This is what I like about it. This is what, and in the end, you never really liked it. You know what I mean? You're just kind of making yourself like it.
0: No, and I dread it—the day that they will tell me, "Hey, there is this implant patient tomorrow." I'm like, I wish the patient called in sick. Like, like, I didn't like it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The same thing with wisdom teeth. I I don't enjoy wisdom teeth extractions. My hands are small, like very Mm tiny. Well, you can see me. I don't know if people will see my hands, but they are very, very tiny, like kid size. So the the forceps are hard on my hands, and I'll tell patients like, "Hey, you come in as, as an emergency." I'll take care of you, but be aware you're hurting me for a day or two. I have to take naproxen or something because my hands will hurt because those uh, forceps are so, unless the the tooth is wiggly, who cares? But but those are tough. If they are in pain, I'll help them out. Otherwise, I'm like, no, you wait for the associate to come in and, and they'll take care of you.
1: Interesting. Okay. That's good to know, though. I feel like you know yourself very well. Like, you know exactly, you know what I mean, where you're, Not forcing it. You're not doing anything. You just like this.
0: Also personality wise, because otherwise you will be molded to, I mean, it's dentistry. You should be able to do everything.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But you have your own practice, right? That's your own business. You you, you want to do what you love to do in there, right? Mm -hmm. Not feel like, oh, I got to go do implants kind of thing. Interesting. Okay. And then one of the last questions, Anna, I wanted to ask you is as a practice owner, what advice would you give to... Any of our listeners right now who are thinking about doing a startup or an acquisition, about to do it or in the process, but they haven't opened yet?
0: Well, first of all, really, you need to decide what is it that you want. Lifestyle. I mean, Mm -hmm. before you even start looking for a clinic, what do I want? Do I want my kids to go to a great school? My husband works for the government. We need to be in Toronto. Do I like the lifestyle of the countryside? That's the first thing before you even start looking Because know that if you're going to go away to a small town, you're going to be responsible for a big number of people. And if something goes wrong, you're the bad dentist in town. Because they're bad-mouthing you if if you do something wrong to one patient in a small town. Otherwise, if there is a few, you don't care to lose one of or a few patients. Like, really, I don't care. somebody doesn't like me, the door is open for you to leave. But on the other hand, if you really like being in big cities, know that your takeaway home is competing with a lot of people. Your uh, hours of work are a lot harder because people in, in large cities, they want to go to clinics after hours, Saturday, Sunday, sometimes. So we're you're competing with that too. So it, it, you really have to to say, like, what is it that I want in the long term before you start even trying to buy, like even looking at, at places. Like I knew right away, I want to be in Toronto and I want to be in the subway line. And it was important for me to be at street level so that people see McDonald's, people see my clinic right away. That was important for me. So if you want something like that, then you, you really have to write it down like a birth plan. <laughs> Girls will know this if they have ever written a birth plan. So they tell you when you're going to deliver your baby. Do a birth plan before you, deliver your baby. Let's say you don't want EPI. You don't want EPI at all. Then you write it down. They don't even offer it to you that day. You will have to ask for it, but they don't offer it to you. So you want to write your birth plan for your new baby, dental clinic, and see what comes up. I mean, and law of attraction, yeah?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Write down what you want. This is what I want. I want my hours to be 7 to 5 p.m. or whatever your hours want to be. So narrow it down. If your hours are going to be like that, then you want to work. Your clinic should be where people are working because people are at home later on. Mm -hmm, So -hmm. you should be in an office area that people can step out from the office and go and see you. But if you're at seven to five and you're in a neighborhood where people are working away and it's a family town, you're lost because nobody's going to go back home to see the dentist. Probably they want to see the dentist close to their work.
1: Mm-hmm, hmm Interesting. Great. That's a good analogy. Great advice. Awesome, awesome, And I thank you so much for being with us. It's been a pleasure. But before we say goodbye, can you tell our listeners where they can find you?
0: I'm in Toronto. Astrodental is a clinic, www.astrodental.ca. Again, I speak Spanish, so any Spanish speakers, if they need to, to touch base with somebody that went through the war and came Mm -hmm. back alive just call me or shoot me a message info at astradental.ca is the email address and here we are thank you so much michael yeah
1: so that's going to be in the show notes below so if you want to reach out to anna you can definitely go in the show notes below look for her name and then click on those links and anna thank you so much for being with us it's been a pleasure and we'll hear from you Uh, soon. very
0: nice to hear that you speak spanish gracias
1: gracias Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. And Anna, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast. We truly appreciate it. If you have any questions or concerns for Anna, then you can definitely go in the show notes below, look for her name, and then all the links under her name, you can uh, reach out to her there, her social media, or her email website, all these things. And, and then, yeah, pick her brain. Pick her brain a little bit more, specifically on stuff you've heard on the podcast. But at the same time, don't forget, if you're looking to transition switch, or you're just looking for a more robust, dynamic, amazing practice management software that's cloud-based and it's all in one, check out Oryx. Just go and check them out. They'll give you a free personalized demo and they're not even going to charge you a penny until you reach 200 active patients. So if you're doing the personalized demo and you love what you see and you're like, I got to have this. And if you don't even have 200 active patients, then you can have it for free. And it's free until they know you're succeeding. So click the first link in the show notes below to schedule a free personalized demo. Even if you thought, even if you've just thought about having a cloud-based practice management software, if you've heard of Oryx and you're like, you know what, I want to see what they're all about. It wouldn't harm you at all to schedule a free personalized demo. So go in the show notes below. And if you love what you see, get this limited time offer and go see for yourself how Oryx can bring newfound efficiency and financial savings your dental practice. And remember with Oryx, you're always, always a step ahead. So go ahead and do that. And thank you so much for supporting the podcast. I truly appreciate you. And I'll talk to you in the next episode.